Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back, friends. Happy official start of summer. I know everyone likes to say that Memorial Day weekend is the official start of summer, but for those of us who have millions of IEPs after Memorial Day, yeah, once school is out, that's the official start of summer. So yeah, I'm pretty sure all the districts, at least in our area, are are really, really done. Um, so it's it's this week is is a bit quieter, which is welcomed for sure after this academic school year (laughs) and then for our listeners this is our final episode until our mini summer break that we take in july and we'll be back for you in august yeah so we'll we'll have one more episode on the 28th just kind of wrapping up our thoughts and then we're we're off so this will be our final one with a guest and i'll actually just kind of we have so much to talk to her about barbara fernandez is on our podcast today and we'll be talking about technology barbara thank you so much for coming on to our podcast i am so excited to be here thanks for having me <laughs> thank you thank you so can you give our listeners a little bit of background Yeah. So I am a speech language pathologist by trade. I'm originally from Brazil. So I'm going to already stop your curiosity from (laughs) going on. So we'll get that out of the way so you can focus on what I have to say, what I sound like. And I used to work in the schools and public schools. I'm in Texas. Back in 2009, I started my first business releasing what it felt like one of the very first apps for iPhone, because back in 2009, the Apple still didn't have iPads. Mm-hmm. So I've, over the last decade or so, I've been able to release 70 apps on the wow. App Store. Wow. wow. <laughs> and this ranges from, uh, all of them are related to uh, speech, language, and communication. We have, I worked on apps for uh, alternative communication, for working on articulation disorders, fluency, social skills, anything that is under the umbrella of speech, language, and communication, I've been involved in from pediatrics all the way to adults. That's incredible. (laughs) That's, I mean, and, you know, over the span, I'm, you know, apps have just been so much a part of our lives. So I can see that, you know, doubling in in the next 10 years, right? (laughs) As as you're improving different applications and stuff. So can you tell us how you went, you know, obviously SLP and got this kind of almost specialization, right? In in technology, what kind of drew you to that? The interesting thing is that as an immigrant in a field that was, that's heavily focused on speech, there was a lot of pushback for, with my accent and my speech, how I sounded. So all oh, through my undergraduate mm-hmm. and master's program, mm-hmm. I struggled between quitting the field and just wow. doing uh, technology. I have always wow. been drawn to technology. Mm-hmm. Luckily, somebody named Vicky rescued That's me funny. within my field mm-hmm. and uh, empowered me to stay within speech pathology. But technology has always been something that I that I've been into. I've built websites 
as an undergraduate student in Brazil. And that's how I paid to go to school to learn English. Wow. I basically traded learning English in exchange to developing the website for the English school. Oh, wow. wow. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whenever the iPhone came out, it was, yeah. uh, I was graduating from my master's program and I, I had a job at the schools. I student wasn't getting paid because it was that summer. And I mm-hmm. talked to my then fiance, hey, I want to get an iPhone. And so I kind of put an iPhone and I got an iPhone to help me out get an iPhone. So when I started working in the schools, yeah, I started using photos just from Google with, mm-hmm. with my students. People thought I was crazy that allow kids to touch such an expensive device. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, even though I have technical skills, I did end up pairing up with a developer that I met at a Starbucks that I hired on Craigslist. Oh my God, how funny. <laughs> and we built the first app for speech therapy, which was an app for articulation. A lot has changed in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I have always been so frustrated with how poorly developed technology mm. has been for special education. Mm. And to this day. There yeah. are multi-million dollar businesses right. that can get away with creating clunky, hard to use, outdated software yeah. because there is limited mobility and people coming in the industry is not as easy. So, so yeah, this is, it's been a journey. Yeah. I now a business owner of two businesses because then I founded another business in 2014. It's still in the special education arena called Smarty Symbols. So my first business was Smarty Ears, and that's mm-hmm. the iPad apps business. In order to create okay. those apps, I needed illustrations. Mm. Really, you guys might be familiar with uh, these pictures, you know, we call them symbols that go on communication. Uh-huh. Yep. And so the a lot of, you know, some of the mostly used ones were created in the 80s, and they look like they're wow. from the 80s. Well, yeah, they're wow. so old. Yeah. So when I started creating my images for my own apps, instead of licensing from them, I decided to create my own modern library. Oh, good. Good. And so that's <laughs> how my second business started and kind of split there with Smarty Symbols being an image library that I then, it also evolved into another technology business to help special education teachers and speech pathologists and parents to easily create visual support using more modern and diverse symbol sets, which is something that didn't exist. And, and people didn't even think it was needed. Right. right. I, was, um, uh, I remember messaging people and said, look, all of these icons, they represent a young Caucasian male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a wide variety of children using communication boards. Yeah. Right. They all look the same, not even girls. Like you wouldn't even see like a version of a boy and a girl. They're all the same. And most people's response is like, oh, but this is a representation. It doesn't matter. Oh, goodness. And this yeah. was, it wasn't very long ago. This was 2014. Right. So, right. Well, we've always done it this way. We've always done it this way. Like, why are you changing? And it's just like, why can't we change it? Like, what? Like, yeah, we run into that a lot. But for you to just keep pushing through, I think is is just a testament to your passion for the area and the world of special education, right? Um, Because I I know a lot of parents, they get so inundated and and you're absolutely right with like all these apps, 
you know, you type in, you know, speech and language into Mm -hmm. the app store and like hundreds of things come up. Um, And it's hard for parents to kind of filter through that. Um, But, you know, I, and I think you hit the nail on the head too, is, is like, yeah, some of these businesses are getting away with like, really like bottom floor kind of Mm -hmm. applications and our, our kiddos don't need that. You know, they need the, the top of the line. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I still like, I mean, it's been a bit since I've been in person in an IEP, but can't tell you how many times I've been in an IEP where I've been shown a communication board where I've been shown an iPad and you know, the, the, the speech therapist or the teacher is showing the parent, you know, this is what we're using as a communication device or um, we're using this communication board and we look at the pictures and they're totally icons and yeah. they're not real world pictures. And some of them, like, I remember one time, this was years ago, but the picture of a telephone was literally like a, a landline with a, a cable. And I was like, this kid has no idea what this is. I mean, say most kids who don't even have communication delays don't know what this is. Why are we not updating it? Like, yeah. it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, the interesting thing with, with the telephone is that I also created an assessment for articulation and phonology, right? And it's a digital on the iPad. And there are other assessments that have a telephone that is landline, but for paper-based materials, it would take them so much to be able to reprint to update that picture. <laughs> if you have an assessment tool that is uh, digital, you know, if a telephone in five years looks like something made out of thin air, we can totally update that so that kids can have a vocabulary that matches what they know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not helping real world examples if it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like what we see in the real world. Yeah. I love technology. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when you were working in, in the schools and right around the time and and the iPhone just changed so much for so many different, you know, people, um, did you kind of still try to incorporate that? Were you still around when like the iPad, you know, cause a lot of our kiddos that use assistive technology now just it's standard, right? They have an iPad or some type of equivalent um, tablet. Or were you already kind of in your um, businesses and kind of outside of that? The- it, was a, it was a process. So yeah. after I started my business, it was 2009 and the iPad was released in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I probably had about seven apps or so before the iPad came out. Wow. And so I could see the transition. That's when my business really took off. And I stayed another year uh, in the schools. And the reason why I actually left the schools wasn't the fact that my business was growing and thriving. It was the fact that I was the only bilingual speech pathologist in the entire Texas district. Whoa. So I was extremely overworked. Right. Yeah. um, With my colleagues who didn't speak second or Spanish is my third language. Okay. Um, And so that kind of pushed me out of the schools into doing home health assessments. So I was just doing evaluations for a company. So to answer the question of if I was in the schools Mm -hmm. briefly, so I was there, but not to the adoption, Mm -hmm. to the full adoption of iPads, Mm -hmm. because once the iPad came out, um, first of all, there was a lot of skepticism of how expensive people thought the iPad was to Mm -hmm. let you needs Mm -hmm. kids with behavior issues 
right expensive device releases that had to be signed by parents that you're not going to allow your child to i remember that i remember so many students being parents asking for ipads and it being like pulling teeth back like not even that long ago i feel like it was and nowadays it's it's so common but yeah you're right everyone thought it was so expensive and these students would destroy them yeah Mm -hmm. and you know you always would hear excuses if we and obviously there's a lot of money into building these excuses because the apps, even you know, the most expensive app, we were talking two hundred dollars back then, right? Maybe now they wow, yeah. This is nothing in comparison to what a dedicated device costs. Mm. You know, the app with the iPad it was still much smaller cost than the actual device. So um, there was there were so many excuses from if they break the iPad, we can't replace. Um, but there is a lot of ways that I've, I've been happy to see the transition and the growth and the adoption in not just of iPads in general, but of a more mainstream, acceptable. And actually, other kids are jealous that kids have an iPad. It's not right. a cool thing as opposed to the stigmatized device. Right. And that, right. that was also part of the, re- oh, well, the, you know, they're going to be so different. With it, different. But it's, yeah. But we, you know, we, we, we were just talking about this last week. You know, I can't even tell you how many reminders I have on my iPhone <laughs> just to help me, you know, get through the day. Right. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost second nature, you know. So, Barbara, one of the things that we kind of enjoy about your background is how, you know, you're using technology, you know, even outside of the classroom and you were kind of telling us about uh, a feel good story before we got on here about a communication board at a at a park can you kind of before you go into that story can you kind of explain what a communication board is to our listeners and why you felt it was important to have it at a location such as a park okay so a communication board is a static organization of images that kids can touch to express their needs, to communicate their desires, their wants. And usually we've seen these as part of an AAC app where they they can touch it and speak for them. But sometimes it can have a smaller communication board that is portable on a paper. And speech pathologists can create these for specific environments. Now, what what we've witnessed is that there are a lot of outdoor places where kids don't have access to their device, either for fear of it breaking Mm. or if it's going to rain or if it falls or if somebody takes it from us. So we've witnessed kids. And when I say playground is the word that most people know, but I keep Mm -hmm. thinking of it as a community space where we interact with other individuals. And every time I say playground, because I'm going to end up saying playground again, you think, (laughs) The beach, a splash pad, museums, pool areas, any place where kids are there and needing to communicate could even be the waiting room at a pediatric office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in a lot of these places, there are going to be vocabulary items that might not be accessible on other on their own communication board that could be in their home. They could be very new novel items that they would only see in a doctor's office. Right. Or, for example, the playground that I have near where I live in Texas, I live in this uh, town called Rowlett. 
And it is a very new playground where the equipment mm-hmm. is accessible. Uh, mm-hmm. It was adapted. It's really <laughs> unique to that playground. And a lot of these things, I didn't even know what they were called. I had to mm-hmm. message people, send photos. I went there and took pictures of yeah. these areas. What do you call this? Yeah. And people were like, this is a maple. <laughs> this, and oh. some things didn't even have names. So we call them the taco plate because it's this giant thing that looks like a taco and it has a face of a taco. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> so in the place like this, especially for if you're talking about kids that are non, non-verbal or kids that have mobility needs, this having a communication board where they can point to the location where they want to be taken or they want to be play, they want to play made this communication board that got installed in my town really unique because I have the ability through my business to get my illustrators. We went there. I took photos. I said, hey, I need icons to represent these locations. So we created 100% custom icons for each one of these locations at this playground. Oh, that's awesome. So it's something that has never been done before. Usually people do the other way around. They yeah. go, oh, so this place has a swing and has a slide. So they would just include a swing and a slide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because those are the typical and most common words on a playground. But now going into each space and seeing what vocabulary are we going to need in this space and then build a custom communication board. This is what I did for my city. Now, this is something that I've been trying for two years. And I had taken these photos two years ago and I was trying to convince the board members of the city to, and I'm, I'm totally, I know I said, I'm going to donate the design. I will do the design. I'll do the illustration. I'll donate all of my time for my team. I just need you to have your stuff install it or print it. If you have a printing company, which the city has access to, to create all their signage. Eventually on April this year, which is autism uh, awareness or autism acceptance month, a mom that I, I had made a post on a group on Facebook and she responded, they're having a ceremony today for acknowledging autism awareness month. Do you want to come over? And she, and she goes, it is in an hour. I was in my office. I had a paper <gasps> communication. Board oh my gosh. Yes. I'm coming. That's funny. I told my husband, watch the kids. I'm, I'm going to save the world. So I <laughs> paper for my wall get in my car. I get there and the room is packed. I've never been to the city hall meetings. There were maybe 150, 200 people in there. I was very intimidated. I said, okay, I don't know how this is going to go down. Do I wait for my turn to speak? Do I stand up? How is this actually happening? So I just sat there. Actually, it was standing room only. Eventually somebody said, hey, come sit here. And I found a place and they said, um, we are on Acknowledge Now. And they, they were reading some stuff about autism from Autism Speaks, which is interesting because being involved in a lot of neurodiversity discussions, I have an autistic son. People would cringe at some of the things that were said that night. And sometimes we're fighting over details, but there's so much work to be done in the communities for you to show up and mm-hmm. speak to 100 people who know nothing about autism. That was kind of an aha moment for me, just thinking if I wasn't here, 200 people would have gotten all this outdated information. Right. There's nothing about autism. Right. But that's a conversation for maybe another day. So continue <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, no. on, on the communication board because this is great news. So this mom that sent a message, I guess she had already been invited to kind of be there in the front 
Mm-hmm. And so she went there and she's signaling, come, come. And I'm like looking around like me. She's like, yeah, right. come. Right. I open up this poster and I go, you know, I'm an introvert. Uh, this is not the easiest thing. I was not prepared, but bear with me. I have some important information to share with you guys. I have been trying to tell the city and this is a communication board and I explained to them what it was, the importance mm-hmm. of having a playground. Next thing I know, the board right then and there, they agreed to pay for the board to be installed at the park. That's awesome. And so the board was installed last week. Uh, you guys can see if you go to uh, city of Rowlett in Texas, they have videos now on it. I really hope that we realize the power of showing up to your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That is a good line with people who already are talking about these things. And exactly. And I, and I think that, you know, that's, that's a good thing about Facebook is that it can connect you. You you would have never known about this. Right. And and the power of showing up a power of community and you can make real changes. And, you know, that was just such a wonderful way to kind of end our conversation on technology because it can go beyond the, the classroom. And we are just so thankful for, for you, Barbara, and, and everything that you've done. Um, we, I think we may have to have you back on in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can pick we can a, a topic. On. Yeah. About um, specifics. So if you guys have any questions for Barbara, why don't you send them our way? Obviously our Facebook is a place that you can send those, or you could just directly message us. Barbara, if anybody wanted to contact you with specific questions, how could they do that? I am most responsive on Instagram. Excellent. So my Instagram being uh, Geek Barbara. I uh, love it. <laughs> and so that's really the, the, that's where I'm most responsive. But you can find Geek Barbara on Facebook and different places. But you can also learn about the communication boards at the Smarty Symbols website or about the apps on Smarty Ears. And eventually, if you message one of these channels, it'll get to me. Excellent. Excellent. Barbara, thank you so much for your time and your passion for this area. We greatly appreciate it. And listeners, we hope that this was a really fun and interesting episode for you. And uh, we will say our goodbyes to you for the summer next week. Until then, have a good week. 